Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a strange year, hasn't it? I'm recording this in 2021, and we're still not at the end of the current worldwide pandemic. People have been searching for comfort in all sorts of places, whether that's in family, in medicine, or in simply having more stuff. Where are Christians meant to find comfort? Well, over the next few weeks, we're going to be playing some sermons I've been giving from the book of Isaiah. This book is foundational to the New Testament, and uh, the New Testament authors seem to say that their message is in line with it. So we're going to see what it says, and we'll see where God calls us to find comfort too. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground should become level, the rugged plain places are plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his response is with him. His reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He carries the, gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales, and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord, or instruct the Lord as his counsellor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge, or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They're regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They're regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal, caster, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Have you not, have you not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown. No sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his, mighty, his great power and mighty strength not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? 
Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. <coughs> I have some good news. Those words, those words, they bring delight to our ears, don't they? We long to hear the next words that follow. When a friend is ringing from the maternity ward, when a grandchild is phoning on results day, I have some good news. What's the best news that you could hear right now? What's the best news that you could hear right now? Well, we started thinking about Isaiah last Sunday evening and we were thinking about comfort. And comfort is tied quite closely, isn't it, to good news. Good news, the thing that has caused you discomfort is ending. Whether that's the news from the hospital, whether that's the news from the exam centre, or it's the news as Boris pops up on your TV. But similar to last week, there is also an ultimate thing. There is an ultimate piece of news that would be the best news that you could ever hear. What is that news? Well, Israel, they're facing exile. They're, being, they're facing being taken away by a foreign nation, being dragged from their homes, being dragged from their land into slavery and banishment in a strange land. That is a certainty. It is coming. But Isaiah, as we started to think about last week, is looking past that moment. He's looking past the exile. He's looking to the future. And the words that he's speaking here are words of comfort, words that are going to comfort those who hear them before the exile, words that are going to comfort those in the midst of the exile, and words that are going to give us comfort today too. Israel needs some good news. They need something to be looking forward to. They need something to comfort them. What is the best news they could hear right now? What's the news we want to hear right now? Well, the answer is in, in Isaiah chapter 40. What's the good news? It's that God is coming. Have a look at verse 9 with me. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Don't be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here it is, here is your God. You see, the good news in Isaiah chapter 40 is that God is coming. God is coming to get his people. He's not just sending blessings. He's bringing them. He's taking the delivery in hand personally, and he's bringing it with him. Now, deliveries, they're something that can be quite stressful, aren't they? You order something, and then you wait for the parcel to arrive. If it's Amazon, it's going to turn up next day, usually with a loud knocking at the door and a ringing of the doorbell multiple times, just as the kids are about to fall asleep. If it's Hermes, well, you might find your parcel somewhere around your door. Perhaps it's been thrown over a hedge. And if it's DPD, well, 
you'll be asked many times to review how well Kevin did at delivering your package. There's always the nagging question, isn't there? Is my parcel actually going to show up? But that all changes when the sender brings it to you personally, when their one and only task is to bring something from themselves to you. And here in Isaiah 40, that is the good news. God is coming. God is coming to personally bring his people home. For Israel, who've been dragged from their homes across the mountains, through the valleys, over rough ground and rugged places, these words are a comfort. These words are good news. It's a direct, uh, straight path through the desert. Every valley will be raised. Every mountain will be lowered. There's nothing that's going to get in the way of God's coming. And it's going to be unmissable too. Did you see that? Have a look at verse five. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Who is it who's going to see this glory? Who is it who's going to see God coming to rescue his people? It's right there in verse five. All people. Just a heads up, we're going to see that phrase in a few Sundays time as we look at John 17. See if you remember when we get there. But this is going to be an unmissable, an unstoppable arrival of God as he comes to get his people. And it's going to certainly happen. Verses six to eight. A voice says, cry out. And I say, what shall I cry? All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God endures forever. Hang on a minute, Isaiah. I thought this was good news. I thought this was meant to be comforting. It's quite depressing, isn't it, to think of our mortality? But the point there is right at the end in verse eight. But the word of our God endures forever. You see, this isn't a rescue attempt by humans. This is a rescue from God himself. This will happen. God keeps his word. God is coming. And that's good news for everyone. In the days before social media, before we had instant communication, if you wanted everyone to know something, well, you'd climb to the top of the highest mountain and you would shout. And what is the shout here in Isaiah? End of verse nine. Here is your God. Verse 10, the powerful, the mighty God is coming. Yet also the gentle God. Verse 11's imagery, it's striking, isn't it? He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. See, as Israel is hearing this, they might feel a bit like a lost sheep. They might feel as vulnerable as a lamb. Well, how comforting this is. How good is this news for them? Good news. God is coming. But the question that follows is, can God do it? Now, Izzy and I, we recently ordered a replacement part that we needed. But until it arrived, we weren't sure it was actually going to work. It was a complete guess job whether this piece would fit and it would do the job. Is it the same with God coming to rescue his people? 
Well, that's what the next section is tackling. That's what verses 12 to 26 are answering. Good news, God is coming, but can he rescue? Is he powerful enough? Well, the answer is yes, because he's incomparable. Good news, the incomparable God is coming. Let's have a look at how God is described here, verse 12. You can hold a few drops of water in your hands. What about God? Well, he can measure the waters with his. You can mark off a few inches. God marks off the heavens. When we go to the shops, we can hold a few items, but God can hold the dust of the earth. We use our scales to measure large. God weighs the mountains. Is God able to rescue? Of course he is. He is incomparable. In fact, Isaiah draws our attention to that in verse 15. Let's have a look at that. The nations, they're just a drop in a bucket. Remember, God measures the waters. The nations, they're regarded as dust on scales. Well, remember, God can hold all of that. Babylon, Assyria, Israel's enemies, they're nothing before God. The superpowers of today, Russia, China, even the mighty EU, they are nothing before God. Why would you be scared of the world when that is true? I love the imagery of verse 22. People are like grasshoppers before God. They're squeaky little creatures that jump up and down. The co-worker, the friend, the family member who's causing you trouble, the CEO, the billionaire who seems to rule the world, even the mighty king of Babylon here is nothing before God. And verse 26 Lift up your eyes, look to the heavens. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name? Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them is missing. See, God is the one who made the stars. He knows each and every one of them. Why would you fear? But the truth is, we do, don't we? We do fear. The truth is that Israel does too. See, in the trials and the discomfort of our life, God becomes small and other things become big. When life gets hard, we forget who God is, don't we? We say that we believe in God who created everything, but then we fear what our friends or our neighbours might think of us. Or Israel, as Babylon is washing over them, their forces, they look unstoppable. Historically, no one has ever survived an exile before. Can God really do it? Is this really good news? Well, that's why Isaiah starts verse 26 with a command. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. He said the same thing in verses 9 and 10, actually. He said, here is, or better still, behold your God. See the sovereign Lord. You see, in the moments when things become big and God becomes small, the answer is we need to lift up our eyes. We need to behold our God. We need to remember who he is. And when we do that, we realise the good news. God is too great to fail. Do you fear grasshoppers? Does the dust worry you? See, when we behold our God, that's what our worries become. Good news. 
the incomparable God is coming. But does God care? Does God care enough to really want to rescue his people? It might be easy for Israel at this moment to think that God doesn't care. He's just let them go into exile. Is it, as verse 27 says, that God doesn't see? Is it that God doesn't care? Well, it's easy for us to think that way too, isn't it? Does God really care? If so, well, why COVID-19? Does God really see? Well, if so, what about Sarah Everard? Sure, God is incomparable, but does he care? Well, the final part of this good news is that the incomparable, caring God is coming. Have a look at verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. You see, the, the answers to those questions there, they have to be a yes. Israel has heard this, but here they need to be reminded of who this God is, who this God is who is coming. He is the everlasting God. He is the one who always was and is. He's the creator of the ends of the earth, wherever you are, in Babylon, in Timbuktu, in Apsley, in Woodall Farm. God is still the creator, wherever you are. Wherever you find it hardest to believe, wherever you find it hardest to trust God, wherever you need to lift your eyes up the most, God's still there. God is still the creator. And he doesn't grow tired. He doesn't grow weary. I mean, even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But God doesn't. And even when we can't understand how God can still care, even when we can't understand why God would allow this current moment, well, God does. His understanding no one can fathom. God knows it all. God can't forget. Even in the pit of exile, God still remembers his people. Does God care? Of course he does. He doesn't forget his people. See, good news. The incomparable, the caring God is coming. See, there's so much good news in this passage. There's so much that we can praise God for when we pray in a few moments' time. But what is it that Isaiah wants his readers? What does he want us to do with this? Well, it's there in verse 31. Have a look at that verse with me. Isaiah says this, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. See, Isaiah wants us to listen. He wants us to listen to what he's just said. And once we've listened, he wants us to hope to wait on the Lord, knowing this all to be true. Isaiah wants us to reflect on what he said, and he wants us to live it out. See, nothing more matters for us than who God is. That's so important, I'm going to say it again. Nothing more matters for us than who God is. Brothers and sisters, lift up your eyes this evening. Behold your God. See, for Israel, this is really good news, isn't it? Even though they're facing exile, they can know that God is coming. The incomparable God is coming. 
the caring God is coming. And we this evening can know that too. See, in the Christmas story, we read of a guy called Simeon. It's in Luke chapter 2. God had promised Simeon that he would see the consolation of Israel, or actually the comfort of Israel. God had promised him that he would see the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 40 in his lifetime. And one day when Simeon was sitting in the temple courts, a young woman came in carrying a baby. And Simeon's eyes, they lit up. Simeon took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon knows Isaiah, and so he praises God. Good news, God has come. What's the best news you've ever heard? Well, I want to say Isaiah 40 verse 9. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Well, I hope you found some comfort there. Any feedback can be sent to me on podcast at david-couch.com and I'll see you next time.